Hello, and welcome to Slush, a publishing podcast. I'm your host, Eric Harden, and on this week's episode of Slush, I'll be giving you an introduction to the many different departments that work in book publishing. I think it's a huge surprise, and when I say I think, I know, because I was very shocked to find out when I was first entering the industry how many departments there are and the different types of work that they do. Rightfully so, given how opaque the industry is, a lot of people go into wanting to work in publishing just knowing about editorial. They might also know about like marketing or publicity or even sales because they are much more outward facing roles within a publisher. But I think a lot of people mistakenly go into publishing thinking they want to be an editor only because that's the only job that they know exists. I mean, obviously, there are many people who love editorial and go into editorial because they want to be editors. But I think the vast majority of people that have the desire to work in publishing want to work for books and only know that editorial works with books. And so I think it's very helpful, especially for people who are entering the industry, to have at least a general idea about the many different departments that work on books so that they can find a department that better fits their own interests and temperament and working style, etc. Because each department has its own nuances, its own lifestyle, honestly. Some have better work-life balances than others, so that's something to consider. Different people thrive in different types of departments, and publishing is such a mentorship-based industry, meaning that you don't really come into publishing knowing how to publish a book. You learn on the job. And so, hypothetically speaking, anyone could really learn any job in publishing. Like, none of these jobs, except for working on the IT team or working in the legal team, you don't really need any special skills to work in publishing other than, like, organizations and being on time and communication, like, you know, general office skills that you need in order to work in an office setting. But for the most part, you're learning on the job. So hypothetically speaking, anyone could go into any department in publishing and make a career for themselves in that department. That said, there are people that are better suited to different types of jobs. People who are more outgoing might be drawn to something like a publicity job where they're reaching out to media contacts and constantly in communication with several people outside of their organization. People like me who love scheduling and organizing might find themselves drawn to managing editorial, which we'll get into. So there's really not any skill, at least as far as I'm aware, that not having it would preclude someone from working in any number of departments in publishing. It's really more like what you feel will fit your temperament, your personality, your working style, etc. Anyway, I digress. I'm very excited about this episode, number one, because I think it'll be really helpful for people who are interested in the industry to better understand the options that are available to them. But also, I have four wonderful guests who I'll introduce as their departments come up in this episode, who have graciously taken the time out of their schedules to describe their departments for us. I'm just going to jump right in. I'm going to go through the departments alphabetically, just because that makes the most sense to my brain. Like I said before, this doesn't cover literally every single department. These are kind of the departments that do the work on the books. There are also departments that do business-related things that aren't directly related to the books, in my eyes at least. So, you know, most companies have an IT department, there's a legal department, there's a business department, there's an HR department. These are more like corporate jobs that are still in publishing technically, but don't really work directly with the books. I'm specifically focusing on the jobs that work directly with the books. So, controversial maybe, I don't know, but I'm focusing on the jobs that are directly tied to publishing and promoting and selling and making successes out of books. Without further ado, let's get started with our first group, the audiobook team. The audiobook department in a publisher is tasked with producing audio versions of a publisher's books. The audio department auditions and casts readers for each title and then produces the work either in-house or at a studio. The audio department also works closely with the publisher and editor of the title to ensure the most appropriate portrayal of the work. 
Some examples of job duties for the audiobooks department include negotiating performer agreements, commissioning music, managing studio and talent invoicing, creating budgets and production schedules for each title, providing input on acquisitions and abridgments, and evaluating new reading and music talent for future projects. For every department, I'm going to give a brief idea of certain job duties, except for the ones that my colleagues, my wonderful friends, are going to talk about for themselves, their own departments. But the departments that I discuss, I'm going to give you some examples of job duties, just so you get a sense of the type of work that each department does. So the audiobook team is responsible for creating the audiobook of a given book that the company they work for is publishing. And this seems to me, I have never worked in audiobooks, but it seems to me a really great opportunity for people who enjoy performance, who enjoy podcasting or music or anything to do with the spoken word, recording voices. I think if you have a love for podcasts and books, for instance, maybe audiobooks is a great area for you. If you love the theater, if you love performance in any way, maybe the audiobook department is great for you as well. And it's also a very rapidly growing part of the industry. Audiobooks are constantly growing. And so what used to be a much more niche area of the industry has become like a very important, vital part of a publisher's business overall. And so the audiobook group is a great group to get into, especially right now because of that growth. The next department is the contracts team, which admittedly is the department that I know the least about because I don't really directly work with them and they are kind of vague to me, but I'm going to still give you at least a brief intro to the contracts team. The contracts team at a publisher ensures the rights of publication for each title by negotiating and drafting contracts with authors and packagers. The contracts department works closely with the publisher and executives as well as the editorial rights and design staff. I only have two examples of job duties because these were the only ones I could think of. Negotiating and drafting contracts and then preparing and routing rights reversion requests. As the name suggests, the contract team is in charge of creating contracts for books as they're being acquired so that as far as I understand, it involves a lot of conversation with authors and agents and with publishers and editors to make sure that all of the terms of the contract are accurate and fair and agreed upon by both parties. I've heard from some colleagues who work in contracts that one of the reasons they love their job is because it's very much like puzzling, figuring out the best way to word the contract, to split the terms and like make it all equitable and agreeable is very much like working on a word puzzle, I guess, from what I understand. So if you love puzzles, if you're interested in contracts, this could maybe be a great department for you to work in. Unfortunately, it's one of the ones I know the least about, so I can't give you a ton more, but I will be discussing contracts more thoroughly in future episodes, so look forward to that. I think contracts gets a bad rap just because it is, you know, one of the less creative, potentially, departments in publishing. But it's such a vital department because we are a business, and so you need good contracts that are very clearly written and spelled out so that no one gets sued, so that business can continue, etc. So I'm excited to learn more over time about the contracts department especially. The next department is design. The design department is responsible for designing a cover and interior for each book that a house publishes. Because a book's design directly impacts its sales potential, design departments generally maintain direct contact with the book's editor, marketing director, and publisher. Examples of job duties for the design department include scheduling and budgeting with production, commissioning artwork from artists, securing permissions for artwork, managing design workflow and outside freelance designers, attending design brainstorming meetings, and researching photo and art archives to find appropriate graphics. 
again, kind of a self-explanatory group, I think, for the most part. The design team designs the books. So they make all the beautiful covers and the gorgeous interiors that you see in all the books you love. Those were designed by someone generally who works in-house or freelances for a publisher. And all of those things are chosen by a person or a group of people in order to best sell the book. So the design team especially is working in collaboration with so many different departments in order to make sure that the package that they create is the most marketable and most easily sold product that they can create. The design department, as I'm sure you would assume, knowing what design is, is really great for people who love visual art and design, people who went to school for design, especially. In order to get into design, you do have to have some kind of portfolio, I believe, when you're applying for jobs. But yeah, the design department is amazing in general. The things that they create are so gorgeous and stunning, and I'm always blown away by the work that they do. So thank you to designers for how amazing they are. And next, moving to the ebooks team. So the ebooks team is responsible for creating ebooks for a publisher's books. And that's kind of the gist of what I know about the ebooks team, to be honest with you. I think it's different at different size publishers. Some publishers, the team that creates the physical book also creates the ebook. Some publishers, I think especially at larger publishers, will have a separate team that does ebooks specifically. That's the case at my current job. So it might be the case at several other places, I'm assuming. But at the end of the day, the job of the ebooks department is to create and maintain ebooks for a publisher. So examples of job duties that I have listed include converting final manuscript files to EPUB, Mobi, XML, and other formats supported by different e-readers because each e-reader is slightly different, or at least that's what I understand. Performing quality assurance checks on ebook files to ensure all linked chapter titles and other links lead the reader to the correct location because a lot of ebooks have to do with accessibility for people that might not be able to read a physical book, and so the links within an ebook need to be accurate in order for it to be accessible. Um, and then finally, checking backlist titles for link rot or links that no longer lead the reader anywhere because they're out of date or worst case scenario, lead somewhere new that the author never intended. So it's a lot of, from what I understand, more administrative work, checking links, making sure files are correct, making sure that you know, over time, the books are still working properly, still functioning correctly. I have to be honest, I don't really know much about the ebooks team, so I'm looking forward in the future to learning more about this department. I do know I've heard wonderful things about the work-life balance within the ebooks team. I have heard from several people that work in ebooks that they have a beautiful work-life balance. They're done with work at the time they're done with work, and then they have their whole life to live. I mean, I'm sure that's not the case for everyone that works in ebooks. I'm sure there's a spectrum involved, of course, but I've heard good things about the work life balance specifically within the ebooks department. So if you're looking to work in publishing, but you want to have a life outside of publishing, maybe ebooks. Our next department is editorial, which means I get to introduce our first guest for this week. Editorial, I just have to say this before we get into this, is I think. I think I'm safe to say that it is absolutely the department that most people want to go into when they want to work in publishing. Again, like I said earlier, I think that's partially, if not mostly, because it's the department that people actually know about going into the industry. So I think it is overinflated the number of people that want to work in editorial. But the people that work in editorial who actually want to be there and love it, some of the best people in the world. Like truly, editors are amazing. I'm in awe of them constantly. And this editor, I adore with all my heart. She is not only a phenomenal editor and a phenomenal colleague, but also a really wonderful person and a great friend. Her name is Fiyenzi Adegbonmire. She is an associate editor at Fywell and Friends, an imprint of Macmillan Children's Publishing Group. She's one of my colleagues, and she's here to talk about the editorial department. Editorial at the very basic level, what we do is we read a story and we 
take it and make it better in terms of the plot, the characters, the word choice, the flow. And we also, our job is also to just make sure things not only be in an interesting way, but in a way that's clear. And so other things that editorial does that a lot of people don't realize is that we write the copy for books, basically the blurbs that end up on the jacket or on the inside flap. We write that, you know, we write the stuff that ends up on Amazon to tell you what the book is about. We handle that. We handle payment requests for authors when it's time to pay them. We handle updating our system so that we input keywords, we input sales points. We work with designers to figure out the covers. So it's a lot of reading submissions. A lot of just talking to authors and making sure we're on the same page about their story. And I would say if you're somebody who is not only good at identifying a problem, but also offering solutions, I would say you could be a good fit for editorial. If you're somebody who reads a lot of stories and a lot of books, it feels like that goes without saying, but you know, I'm just going to say it anyway. Like if you read widely, that's important as well, because you need to know what is trending. You need to know like what's in the marketplace, what is missing in the marketplace. If you're somebody who is good at advocating for other people, that's also very important because part of our job is to advocate not just on our author's behalf and to convey to the rest of the company what the author wants and what the author is expecting, but also to convey to the author what the company is expecting and our expectations on that level, but also sometimes to agents as well. And even just to be able to tell somebody that here's what I think will make your story better can be a lot. So having that base level skill of being able to advocate not just for your thoughts, but for someone else's thoughts as well is very helpful. Thank you so much, Fancy, for taking the time to chat about editorial. I really appreciate it. Next is the managing and production editorial department. The managing and production editorial department is responsible for managing the entire in-house production of a title after acquisition. The department develops procedures for the production workflow that take a book from manuscript to a finished product. Managing and production editorial works closely with the editorial production and design departments, among others, to ensure that the finished book meets projected expectations and is published on time. Some examples of job duties for the managing and production editorial department include creating and enforcing production schedules for each title, reviewing the entire work before it goes to press, hiring and overseeing the work and schedules of freelancers, including typesetters, copy editors, proofreaders, and indexers, proofreading and routing jackets and front and back matter, readying copy edited manuscripts for typesetting, reviewing and trafficking sample designs and managing metadata for each title. So this, <laughs> you might notice that this description that I just gave is much longer than other descriptions that I have given and will continue to give in this episode. And that's because I work in managing and production editorial. So it's the department that I personally know the most about. Managing Ed is a really wonderful department, in my opinion, to work for. If you are like me and you love a schedule, if you're a fan of copy editing, if you love grammar and you love nitpicking all of the details, managing and production editorial might be the job for you. We like to joke that we're all type A, that we're all have similar personality types because we all love the very specific nitty gritty work of correcting the the there, there and there, making sure the ellipses have spaces in between each period if that's the style of the house that you work for. So many nitpicky things that we love to correct. And so if you are like us and are a little insane, maybe managing editorial might be the place for you. Our next department is marketing, which means I get to introduce another pal. Elise Villalobos is the marketing coordinator at MCPG, Macmillan Children's Publishing Group. And she is a wonderful person and a wonderful marketer. And so welcome to Elise to tell us about marketing. 
The marketing department is tasked with creating, preparing, and executing marketing strategies and policies for each title by coordinating the efforts of publicity, promotion, advertising, online, and sales initiatives. We do a lot of different things across the board, such as preparing all sales presentation materials, including audio and visual assets. We do fact sheet collation and promotions. We also create and produce additional account-specific presentation and materials, and we create pricing strategies. We also research and establish relations with new markets, plan and maintain marketing schedules, including our title launch schedule and our different planning and team meetings. We also measure the effectiveness of strategies once they're completed. So we like to do a little bit of delving into analytics afterwards. Some other fun things we do include campaign marketing. So we will work with an author and with other team members, such as editorial, and we will promote the book by finding different ways to target consumers, educators, and librarians. We might ship out an influencer box or create a discussion guide or an educator guide. Those jobs are usually really fun and require a lot of creativity. So some great traits to have for marketing include being creative, kind of thinking outside the box, definitely being organized because all email can be a nightmare, especially when you're working across departments and with many colleagues in your collaboration. I definitely recommend that any marketer takes initiative and has that get up and go. You kind of really need self-motivation sometimes because you're creating your own schedule, making sure you're staying on track with your author communications, your internal communications, and also getting any work done while you're communicating with design or with freelancers. So there are really a lot of moving parts to marketing and to stay on top of it all, you will need that organization aspect. Thank you so much to Elise for taking the time to give us that wonderful description of the marketing department. The marketing department's a really great group. They do a lot of really important work to get books out to the right people. And so if what Elise chatted about interests you at all, definitely look into working in marketing. It's a really great area to be. Our next department is the production group. And so again, I get to introduce another colleague, Amanda Gutierrez, who is a dear friend of mine and also a colleague, is an assistant manager of production with Macmillan Children's Publishing Group. She primarily works with MCPG's reprints, which is a slightly different job than most people who work in production. But she's here to tell us all about the production department as a whole and the work that her team does. So please welcome Amanda. The specific duties of production manager are going to vary from house to house, but in general, we're responsible for the manufacturing of the physical book. So we are the liaison between the publishing house and all departments within and the printers, the composition houses, and the prep houses. And we work with our editorial teams, our designers, managing ed to review and finalize the specs of the book, the files. We reach out to our printers to establish where the best place is to print it financially, scheduling-wise, and at what quantity will work best for us. Some general tasks that we perform are routing physical and electronic passes between the printers and the comp houses and the editorial and managing editorial teams. We review the print quality and color of our final FNGs, which are printed unbound samples, and again, the final quality on the bound samples. 
We also address issues on titles in progress. So if we're working on a first printing or reprint of a title and the printer comes back to us and says, hey, this material that you chose for the case cover, for instance, is not available. We would be responsible for figuring out what is available and determining by discussing with the editorial and design teams what would be an acceptable substitute. And we also address and follow up on issues for final bound copies. So if somebody comes into our warehouse, for instance, and they do a QC or quality check there and come back and say, hey, the effect registration is off on all of the books that we checked. We would be responsible with going back to the printer and saying, hey, can you take a look at your records and see if there is any issue there? We go to the warehouse and say, can we do a more thorough investigation and see exactly how far this problem reaches? And then following up on that and making sure that all of the teams involved between the printer and the publishing house are aware of the situation. So in terms of who might be interested in production, I would say people that find physical aspects of a book really interesting, who are really detail-oriented and don't mind spending lots of time looking at spreadsheets. We do a lot of work with establishing and maintaining schedules. So we have to kind of understand how shipping timeframes work and how long the actual manufacturing processes take and all of the factors that go into that, including time to get materials on hand, what staff is available at the printer. And I personally think it's very helpful to be, let's say, acquainted with math because we are responsible for gathering and reviewing costs to figure out what works best for the company and for the publisher and the consumer. Thank you so much to Amanda for that wonderful description of production. Really thorough, really interesting. If you have any interest in production, there's a lot of information to learn out there. It's so fascinating, the production process for a book. Even if production isn't the direction you want to go with your career, which is fine if it's not, I personally find the printing process for a book so fascinating, and I have to assume that other people do as well. So even if you don't end up in production as part of your career, definitely look into the way that books get made, like actually printed and physically put together. It's endlessly fascinating, at least to me. Our next department is publicity. The publicity department is responsible for promoting each title and author in the media without direct payment to media companies. They facilitate the publicization of each book through mass mailings or pre-published works for review, author tours, including radio, television, and public readings and signings, and author and book parties. Some examples of publicity job duties include scheduling interviews for broadcast and print media, briefing and coaching authors for interviews, developing media contacts, and pitching each title to the media through a press release, phone call, and or email, distributing pre-publication materials including galleys and arcs, developing proper angles and pitches to the scheduling of bookstore appearances and special events, and updating databases for reviewers and media contacts. Based on that description, I think it's safe to assume, based on what we know, that publicity is a pretty outgoing department. You're constantly in contact with people outside of the company that you work for in order to get your authors on TV, in magazines, in newspapers to promote their books. It's, as far as I know, a constant grind and a high percentage of things that you ask for, you're not going to get. But every once in a while, you make it into the big show, the big magazine, the big newspaper, and it has a huge impact on the trajectory of the book that you're working on. And so publicity is a very vital part of the work that goes into publishing a book. I am constantly in awe of the publicity department because I do not understand or want their job. Um, <laughs> so lots of respect to them. The next department is sales. 
The sales department manages the policies and strategies used to sell each title effectively, both nationally and internationally, by using all available relationships and techniques. Publishing sales departments call upon traditional bookstores, retail accounts, libraries, academic institutions, book clubs, online vendors, and additional special markets. The sales department has a direct relationship with the financial well-being of the company and regularly provides input during the production of titles to best assure sales. Examples of job duties for the sales department include maintaining contact with customer headquarters to provide the best possible sales coverage, establishing promotional plans at retail accounts and communicating with internal sales management in order to ensure execution at the retail level, working with publishing groups on the creation and design of promotional programs, aiding with customer shipping, credit, and returns issues, and developing business plans on an annual basis for each of the assigned accounts. The sales department as their name suggests, sells the books. Um, without the sales department, publishing does not exist because at the end of the day, we are a business that needs to sell things. And so the sales department makes the business happen. They are the ones reaching out to Walmart. They're the ones reaching out to independent bookstores. They're the ones working with Amazon and Barnes and & Noble and all the other big accounts that get our books into the hands of readers. And so the sales department is one of the most important, honestly, in the entire industry because without them, no one else has a job. From what I understand, sales is a lot of relationship building and communication and um, business savvy and presentation and like public speaking type work. So if those things interest you, sales could be a really wonderful area of the industry to work in. The next department is subsidiary rights, and I have the distinct honor of welcoming Jordan Winch, the subsidiary rights associate from Macmillan Children's Publishing Group, to talk about this department. Subrates is a department that's not as transparent to the outside world, to people who are outside of publishing. So a quick breakdown of what rights is. Um, in the author's head contracts, there's a section called subsidiary rights, and it lists essentially every ancillary right that we have for the book beyond the physical initial publication at like hardcover paperback book. So that is audio editions, foreign editions for translation, UK editions, book club editions and merchandise. And it's our job to essentially exploit all of those rights and try to sell those rights in all those different channels. So rights departments are typically split up into two different buckets, and that's the foreign side and then the domestic side. And the foreign side deals with foreign publishers. So we work on selling um, every book that we have rights to, to foreign publishers all throughout the world. We work with these people called co-agents, and they are essentially our boots on the ground who help us. We submit our manuscripts to them, and then they share with their publisher relations and essentially bring any offers that they get to us. And we kind of work in tandem to figure out what the best deal is for that book. So that's all different languages and all different countries. And then on the domestic side, there's a ton of different channels that we can sell in. And one of the ones that I work on is audio. Audio is booming right now, so it's a really exciting space to work in. Macmillan has our own audio publisher in-house. So essentially anything that they don't choose to produce, we can submit to audio publishers and they can publish themselves. Another piece of domestic channel is merch, which is essentially anything, you know, tote bags with a quote on them or socks that has cover art on them. That's a really fun, unique part of Subrights. It's like very niche, but a really cool part where you get to really see the creative side. And like, that's 
the stuff that consumers are really eating up and hungry for. And then I think the other thing that people are very aware of is the film side of things. We license film and TV rights out to producers, to writers. A lot of the time, authors retain their film and TV rights. But when we do have the rights for that, it's really fun to kind of see the process and what producers are looking for, what's hot out there right now. Somebody who would do well to work in rights, um, because there's so many different facets to subrights, there's not like one responsibility as like a catch-all for somebody who would do well in rights. But I think a few are needing to be organized and paying attention to detail because there are just so many moving pieces at all times. And knowing what rights we have for what titles on every single different list, the audio list, the foreign list, the UK list, that's all different. So, you know, staying organized and having a good attention to detail. Also, there's a bit of needing to be able to public speak. We're constantly doing meetings and that changes. You know, I think the public speaking aspect for the domestic side is a little bit less compared to the foreign side, but it's a part of the business no matter what side you land on. So just being OK with that and, you know, learning how to pitch titles and pitch manuscripts and talk out of pocket sometimes. Also, I think because subrights is on the business side of things, we do, you know, it is like a creative business mashup department, but because we're looking at offers with advanced levels and royalty breakdowns, having a bit of that business mind, I think really will help you succeed in rights. Huge thank you to Jordan for that wonderful description. I have to say that subsidiary rights, although one of the most obscure departments for sure, is also one of the ones that I find most fascinating. Especially because they're the ones that make, like any children's book that you see that has merchandise and TV shows and action figures and stuff, all of that, if the story originated with a book, then all of that happened because of the work of a subsidiary rights group within a publisher. Because they are in charge, assuming that the publisher acquired the rights for those things when they acquired the book, then they have the authority to sell those rights to merchandising companies and to television producers and movie producers and all different groups of people that might want to use the story that they have the right to sell. Um, I don't know if that made sense, but subsidiary rights is a fascinating part of the industry. And also, if you do work in international subsidiary rights, I do believe in a pre-COVID world, there was a lot of travel involved. So who knows what post-COVID world will look like for this kind of role. But I've always been jealous of the international subsidiary rights people because they get to do quite a bit of international travel from what I understand. So if you're into that and that comes back, definitely an area of the industry to consider. Okay, and then our final department that I'm going to be covering in this episode is supply chain. The supply chain department is responsible for managing inventory for a publisher's front list and backlist titles. Supply chain professionals serve as a liaison between internal departments and external customers to ensure that books arrive on time and do not go out of stock unnecessarily. Examples of job duties for the supply chain department include managing inventory of frontlist and backlist titles, creating and tracking reprints, running and analyzing inventory reports, coordinating internally with the sales and editorial departments and externally with the publisher's warehouse and customers, and managing damaged and returned inventory. So I've always been so fascinated by supply chain as a department, both in publishing and outside of publishing, because I have friends, like friends of friends, who went to college for supply chain management specifically, and I had never understood what that meant. 
I was like, what, what supply are you chaining? Like, I don't understand what this means, but I've had the chance to work more closely with some people in supply chain and their job is just so fascinating to me. From what I understand, it's constantly evaluating how many books we have on hand, how many books we'll need in the next few months to a year, making sure that we have enough stock to weather any storm that might come. And by storm, I mean like, oh, a book was suddenly on Good Morning America and we need actually 10,000 more copies than we ever thought we would need. So that is the job of supply chain to be aware of all of those things and make sure that we're ordering the right number of books so that we have enough copies so that a book doesn't go out of stock when it's, you know, becoming a bestseller, for instance. That's the worst scenario that you could be in. A book is like number one on the New York Times bestseller list, but you don't have any copies. That is just a bad place to be. So we are very grateful to our supply chain teams within publishing because they make a lot of this possible for us. And that is the last department that I'll be covering in this episode. I hope by listening to this episode, you understand more the breadth of work that goes into publishing books. There are so many different departments doing so many different types of jobs and so many people within those departments, each sharing different workloads with each other. And so one of the things that going into the industry I didn't really understand was that although the industry is small, and that's something that you'll hear about throughout this podcast, that publishing is a very small industry in terms of sheer scale, but the amount of work and the variety of work that goes into publishing each book is so vast and so honestly shocking, at least it was to me. And so I think it's super useful, and I hope that you agree that it's super useful, to have a better overall understanding of the different departments and the work that they do, because no matter where you end up in publishing, you're going to be interacting with most, if not all, of these departments at some point. And so knowing the work that they do and appreciating the work that they do will only help you in your career. With that said, thank you so much to my wonderful guests for taking the time out of their very busy schedules to tell us about their departments. To Fuyinzi, to Elise, to Amanda, and to Jordan, thank you so much. I so appreciate you. You're all wonderful humans, as you all know, but I'm so grateful that you took the time. And I hope to you, the listener, that this episode was useful, that it was helpful, that it helped. My end goal with this episode really is... maybe an evil thing to say, but like to get less people interested in editorial, because I think this is maybe I'll cut this, but I think like me, a lot of people, as I've said several times at this point in this episode, so many people go into this industry thinking they want to work in editorial. And it's like, yeah, that makes sense. But there's so many other wonderful jobs that are so interesting and fulfilling and creative and exciting in this industry. And so I hope that even if Even if I didn't sway you away from editorial, because there are some people that are born to be editors, Um, even if I didn't sway you away from that, I hope that I at least opened your eyes to the other departments in publishing and maybe, you know, gave you something to think about. That's the end goal, I think. And so with that said, thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you have a wonderful day. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Slush. Please visit slushpod.com where you'll find episode transcripts, free resources, and forms to submit questions and feedback. You can also follow Slush on Twitter at slushpod, and if you are so inclined, please rate and review the podcast. Slush is hosted and produced by Eric Harden. Slush's logo was designed by Shelby Pack, and its theme music comes from the song Good Luck Charm by Olive Music. Any views expressed on the podcast are personal and do not reflect the opinions or interests of the hosts or guests' employers. Thank you again for listening. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day.